Hello, Zelda Dungeon listeners, and what is up? We are so happy to be back. Back again. After a little bit of a sabbatical, the Zelda Informer podcast of old is now the Zelda Dungeon podcast, which is now being reshaped into what you're going to be listening to every week on Zelda Dungeon, the Champions cast. Introducing my two co-hosts, Savannah Galt. Taylor Wells. Yo. And myself, Andy Spateri. So we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be taking you faithful Zelda fans, listeners, and uh, goers of Zelda Dungeon on an audible journey every single week um, through throughout the Zelda news, Zelda rumors. Uh, we're gonna talk Nintendo, we're gonna talk Basically, basically anything that we find interesting or relevant as it pertains to Zelda, and uh, and, and kind of take everybody's feedback and, and go forward from there. So we're really excited to have the Champions Cast um, back up and running. It's been uh, it's been a long time coming, and it's been a, li- a little bit of a, a little bit of a long road to get here. I think it's fair to say, I guess. It's true. I mean, the last time we had a, a podcast was November. Oh, it's got to be before uh, November. I thought it was farther back than that. I thought it was like August or something. I could be wrong. Uh, you know, I think it was August, and uh, it was me and Alfred um, that were on the Zelda Informer podcast. Um, so me and Alfred were were doing that show for a couple months, and uh, we did we did some pretty cool things on the show. We interviewed uh, Sean Chiplock, who's the voice actor for Rivoli. We did we we kind of covered the the kind of funny scandal when that happened and uh it was it was a pretty cool time but i think alfred got got married or whatever and decided that he didn't have time for the show um you know the things that happen in real life yeah that married life though like yeah. like totally insignificant things right versus doing a podcast so well you could always be married to yourself yeah if you live in japan I, th- there, there's a word for being married to yourself, but we're gonna keep this show family friendly, Taylor. For now, anyways. Um, I so mean, yeah. I wasn't gonna use the word, but hey. So the good news is, is that the podcast is back. The bad news, as all you listeners have probably already put together, is that you're stuck with the three of us every single week. So we're happy to have you here, and we're sorry in advance. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Right. <laughs> so we're gonna go around the figurative table here and just um, just kind of let you guys know a little bit about ourselves and what the show is gonna be about and uh, what we do at Zelda Dungeon. Uh, we aren't just three randoms that they picked up off the uh, off the streets of YouTube and, and threw into this uh, forum to do the show. So we're gonna tell you a little bit about what we do, how we got started. And uh, how we got started with Zelda, and like basically what led us to doing this show right now. So, uh, who wants to go first? Pick a short straw, anybody? Go. Taylor? Okay, I can you go. go first. All right, so my name is Taylor Wells. I'm an original content editor here at Zelda Dungeon. I got my start with Zelda Dungeon one day when I read on Twitter that Zelda Dungeon, well, Zelda Informer at the time, was hiring. Uh, writers and as a freelance writer and lover of Zelda I thought that's right up my alley so fast forward through one interview with Andy 
and here I am today writing articles and editorials for y'all. Um, and my start with Zelda was way, 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 way back in 93 or 94 when my babysitter got me the first Legend of Zelda. And uh, I didn't beat it at the time. However, a year later I did with uh, with some assistance from my brother. And That's from, pretty impressive because it, it took me until I was like 12 to beat the original Zelda. Yeah, right? I mean, it was it was a hard game back in the day, yeah. especially for like a four year old. Absolutely, but it, it still end, is a my brother and I game. managed to tackle it. In, in any case, um, so start with Zelda with Zelda one, uh, beat it with my brother, and then uh, there was kind of a lull for about two years, uh, and then I ended up getting Zelda two and a Link to the Past, beat both of those, and then the legendary. One and only Ocarina of Time came out in 1998, and that pretty much solidified my love of Zelda for all of eternity. Uh, so my claim to fame for Zelda uh, is pretty much I've 100%ed every main title Zelda game. I have not beaten uh, Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land yet, but that's in the works. Heretic. Uh, but yeah, so... So I noticed that you said Ocarina. I say Ocarina. I feel like we're going to get into it on this show about that. Uh, yeah, like I feel like the pronunciation, yeah, the pronunciation for Ocarina really varies depending on where you are. But I, I was always raised on Ocarina, so that's I fair. You know what? Most most like legitimate people in the video game industry that I've seen say Ocarina. Um, so I don't know what that says about me. Probably nothing good. I mean, it just shows you're a gigantic nerd like the rest of us. That's true. Um, and so you started back in, uh, in when did you say November? Ish. Oh, with uh, Zelda Dungeon, I started in September. Like in September, I'm sorry. Um, so what are your like? What are your favorite things about like Zelda Dungeon and the community and just being a part of that team? Sav, I'm going to be asking you the same question, so get ready. I found Zelda Dungeon originally uh, on the Twitch stream for the marathon uh, that they did back in 2012. I'm not sure if that was the first marathon, but uh, that's that's where I discovered Zelda Dungeon, figured, uh, found out that they had a website and all that stuff. Uh, went on the website, followed it, uh, followed the Twitter, followed uh, Zelda Informer. And I would stop in from time to time just to read daily debates, editorials, news articles, that kind of stuff. All the stuff that we write now, pretty much. And uh, been haven't been a super vocal member of the community until now, I guess. But uh, that's that's where it all started for me, at least, with Zelda Dungeon, the marathons. And so uh, actually kind of like a cool thing coming up is that... Um... Taylor and myself will be at this year's marathon, and we will be racing a game, and you will definitely hear us talking about it. Probably ad nauseum. Are we allowed to talk about that yet? Are we going to have to edit uh, this post? I, no, I, I think we can talk about it. I, I haven't heard that we can't, so uh, we're going to be we're gonna be there, and, and all signs point to a, uh, a WrestleMania match between me and Taylor racing the Minish Cap. So Ironically enough, he's the only one experienced with wrestling uh, right <laughs> which is great because we have a couple we arts, have a couple wrestling questions wrestling. on this podcast in our uh, icebreaker mailbag which we'll get to but before we get there uh savannah 
why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself? Oh, it's my turn. Um, I am Savannah Gold. Um, I am an original content editor and writer for Zelda Dungeon. I got hired on pretty much when you got hired, Taylor. Like, I think I was maybe a little, like a week earlier than you, if that. And I saw that Mossy's was, like, asking for just some help on, like, the social media side. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. Um, and so I got on there, and then, like, I think it was only a week or two weeks later that Andy, you posted that you guys were looking for original content writers. And I was like, oh man, that's right up my alley. So we did that little interview, and because I heard about Zelda Dungeon when I was, oh man, freshman year of high school? No, it was sooner than that. Yeah, I don't know. It was somewhere, like, middle school. Um, so a while back, and I heard from them because I had an online friend, and her and I were big Zelda fans, and she followed, like, the Facebook page and whatever, and I was like, oh, I should look at this. This looks kind of cool. And I saw you guys, like, do the Zelda marathon and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to be there. That looks, like, so much fun. So every year you guys would, like, record it. I'd always, like, make sure to watch at least as much of it as I could. So when I heard that Mossy's was looking for volunteers, I was like, oh, that's, like, that's right up my alley. I've always kind of wanted to be a part of that because I always saw the community and always thought it would just be, like, a really fun thing to do. So I think you, um, you started as part of the Facebook team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started as part of the Facebook team, and then within, like, two weeks, I was an original content Was, was poached away by the dashing editor at uh, Zelda Dungeon. Oh, good lord. Uh, debatable. Maybe if Ouch. you're, like, really blind. I mean, dashing away from the work, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guilty. <laughs> All right, so... Um, now, Savannah, when people see this podcast at the bottom they're going to see the champions cast with spiteri who is me and sven and taylor now we obviously have heard from taylor so sven by process of elimination is you so why do people call you sven honestly i i don't remember how i got that nickname i remember my best friend hannah gave it to me and i want to say this was because i actually had a roommate named savannah and so in order, because somebody would be like, hey, Savannah, and we'd both look and be like, what? And then be like, no, the other one. It's like, okay, that, that doesn't really eliminate who it is. So I think I think that's how Hannah came up with that nickname. And that, it's so funny, because we joke. She's like, sometimes I forget what your actual real name is. I'm like, oh, tell me about it. Sometimes somebody can call me and I'm be like, don't even know they're talking to me. So to your friends, are you Savannah or are you Sven? I'm Sven. Even my husband calls me Sven like the vast majority of the time. Sven. <laughs> it's great. I'm just going to start calling you Svenna. Svenna? Oh my god. Svenna. Eh, that's not a bad one, actually. That's probably one of the nicer <laughs> things that we'll call you on the show. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Especially where Andy's concerned and anything having to do with Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, oh my god, seriously. So I, I was going to... Uh, I was going to start and just introduce myself a little bit, but actually I I want to pick up on that. So the Champions cast has uh, has been a thing kind of since before we were the Champions cast, if that makes sense. So we were uh, we were all playing Mario Kart 
uh, eight deluxe together online, and we noticed that uh, there is maybe camaraderie ship is the wrong word. I don't know. Um, maybe not a camaraderie ship, but maybe a healthy rapport, rapport. talking back and forth. Yeah. And, and by healthy, of course, we mean, I mean, you guys have all played Mario Kart before, so you know exactly what it was probably like. So it seemed Friendship to be... Friendship like Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> that Maybe not like Monopoly, but pretty close. I don't know. Yeah, pretty close. Debatable. Um, so, so we took that uh, synergy, let's just say, and we decided to use our powers for good instead of evil and, and put it towards a new podcast instead of... Uh, Smack talking each other at Mario Kart frequently, um, even though that still happens. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm still all for the smack talking. Yeah, well, Especially when I beat you, that never More happens. So. She's still bitter that you know Andy continues to brag about his prowess in Mario Kart, yet has never actually beaten Savannah legitimately. That's actually that's actually not true at all. Um, and it, and it should be noted too, just to you know, just to throw it out there. Like Taylor is by far he's the worst one. Uh, the only Absolutely. guy the only guy worse than Taylor is is Massey's. So. That's true. And in fact, so Moss, Moss finishes last like basis. every late every race. Um, and Taylor's usually not far ahead. So so the one time that Savannah ever beat me, she played like like three like probably like. Maybe like eight more races than me. I joined in late and, and finished like one point ahead of me. So make of that what you will. Um, I I know that I know that everyone listening to this will just infer the right thing. So look, all that's important is that I compete with Mossies for last place. Okay. Oh, there you go. That's what yeah. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that that is a good competition that you guys have for sure. Maybe we'll have them on the show one time. We can just live stream you guys playing Mario Kart. I'm Remember how they had that settle it and smash thing, and instead we'll just settle it in cart. We might have to have a lot of bleeps, though. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing will just be bleeped out. Uh, all right. So, um, for those of you that are that are still listening and haven't shut this show off yet, um, I'm Andy Spateri, <laughs> and I am one of the managing editors at Zelda Dungeon. Um, so I started there. I want to say December 2016. Um, it was right after the Video Game Awards of that year, and so I I joined on as a junior editor, and then I uh, was moved to original content editor, and kind of uh, made my made my way up the ranks, I guess you would say, um, just because I I basically had a lot of free time and I wrote a lot of editorials because I just I love to to you know for other people to have to hear what I think. So that was kind of my claim to fame there, and then. Um, Alfred, who used to run the Zelda Informer podcast, uh, was gracious enough to ask me to come on the show with him because I had some previous podcast experience. Um, a couple buddies of mine, we got together and we made a podcast called The Cool Story Show, where we told cool stories, you guessed it, um, and, and various other things too. So I got onto that show there. And uh, we had a little bit of a, uh, as I'm sure a lot of listeners know, we had a little bit of a managerial shuffle. And so um, Mossy's approached me and asked if I would be if I would be interested in helping him with Zelda Dungeon. And of course I would, because you know I love Zelda and I love the community. So that's kind of how how I ended up here um, doing this show with you guys. So man, I've been I've been into Zelda since. 
I don't even know. Since definitely since I was a small kid, but like Taylor, when I played Ocarina of Time, that took it to like the next level. Like there were video games for me before Ocarina of Time, and then after. You know what I mean? Yeah, Ocarina of Time was what really started it for me too. It, it's just oh, like it's a classic. So before Ocarina of Time, video games to me were kind of like um, they were a thing you did when you were bored for like an hour or two, and you just did them to have fun or whatever. And so after Ocarina of Time, I was just like, I was like, this is a true art form. Like you can tell the type of stories in here that you can't anywhere else, and you can you can be anything and you can do anything. And like um, I just I will I will always love that game until the day I die. And so after that. Um, you know the rest is the rest is history uh i've played every zelda game i don't even know how many times um, i played a cultural awakening like, yeah pretty much basically um i play I, I usually play about three zeldas a year so i think i'm at like i think i'm at like six zelda which probably isn't very much for most people but i like to play a lot of other games too but i yeah i think i'm at like six this year because i just was on a zelda binge before breath of the wild came out um so, so yeah, that's that's how that's my history with Zelda and how I ended up uh, with all of you listeners here on the Champions Cast. Um, so I guess what we wanted to do too is just kind of give everybody an idea of what the show is going to be um, about. So we want it to be a fun show. Um, I think I think that's very important to all three of us is that the listeners enjoy themselves and hopefully either roll their eyes or, or chuckle or smile or something. Um, we, we Definitely. We kind of wanted to get away from the um, negativity a little bit of uh, previous versions of the podcast. Um, of course, we're going to we're gonna be, you know, critical of Zelda because we, we won't give Zelda a free pass on everything that it does or won't give Nintendo a free pass on everything. But we do want to embrace, like, the really the joy of the series and, and how much the joy the series gives all of us and we want to translate that to everybody here so um, we're going to try and have a lot of fun we're going to be silly we're going to do things a little bit differently than a lot of other zelda podcasts do um i kind of i encourage everybody to just interrupt each other and and whatever so that we don't have that that kind of structured like you talk then i talk then then she talks so um this is going to be like basically three friends sitting down um and, and chatting about Zelda, chatting about games, and having a good time every week. So that's what we really want to uh, to let everybody like know and to look forward to. Um, Enthusiasm at its finest. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> also, all three of us have cats, so I'm sure, I'm sure at some point you're going to hear one of us, probably at least once an episode, I bet you, yelling at our felines to stop causing havoc um, during the Absolutely. recordings. Um, anyone, you know, anyone that's a cat owner out there knows, like, like your cat will be completely peaceful, but as soon as you need to sit down and start recording or start doing something, that's when it's time to, uh, to chase around the hair elastic or whatever at top speed, at mock speed. Oh my god. Or the straw. Or throw up a hairball on my beautiful carpet. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's gonna be, there's gonna be us, it's gonna be fun. There's gonna be cats, probably... Um, and I think it's going to be a really, a really fun time. I'm really excited to get this going. We've been talking about it for so long and, uh, it feels good to finally just sit down and press record and get going. Like I was almost, I was almost even a little bit nervous and now I feel, now I'm excited. 
I don't know about you guys. Me too. Come for the camaraderie, stay for the talk of the cats. Are you at ease now, Andy? <laughs> do you feel like... Do you feel like you need to perhaps use the restroom? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. Good. You sure? Yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. save that for episode two. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give you the backstory behind that on episode two. Um, for now... <laughs> For now, we uh, we are going to just go over some very cool people that you can look forward to seeing on the show coming up pretty soon. So, and more often than not, it's going to be just the three of us, and we're going to be um, we're going to be the guys talking about Zelda, bringing you the latest Zelda news and Zelda stuff. But every now and then, we do like to bring in a special guest just to uh, spice up the Champions Cast recipe. So. In the next couple weeks, uh, you can look forward to a couple guys coming on the show um, that I think are going to be really awesome guests, have really awesome insight. Um, we kind of wanted to get different kinds of guests and stay away from like maybe the obvious picks and bring you guys that that you know really really haven't had a spotlight on them and and really should because the, a lot of these people that that are going to be on the show are just like such creative minds and have such a good you know, just just understand how Zelda works. Um, so a couple people that we're gonna be uh, that we're gonna be talking to in the next couple weeks are uh, actually next week we've got Elizabeth Maxwell on the show. Um, she is of course the voice actress for Badass Urbosa, probably one of my favorite characters from Breath of the Wild. So yeah, really excited for that. Uh, we have Shonen Johnson coming on, webmaster of Zelda Universe, and just a super smart. Uh, Zelda Mind. She's writing a fantasy novel right now, which is going to be awesome, I'm sure. Uh, we have Darren Kerwin, who, if that name is unfamiliar to you guys, you probably know his work rather than the name. He was the ex-editor-in-chief um, at Zelda Wiki and currently runs one of the biggest Metroid sites on the net, Shine Sparkers, and probably my favorite Metroid site on the net. Um, we have Captain Dangerous, who, if you're more of a Twitter user, you might not know, but has a massive Instagram following. She takes those, like, Really cute little. What are those things called? Link, not Funkos. Um, nin- Nintendroids. Oh, like, is that what they're yeah, called? Yeah, Nintendoroids. Yeah. Nintendoroids. Yeah. So she takes those Nintendoroids and uh, and just like makes really cool pictures with them, like like out in the snow and just like uh, it. I, my explanation is gonna suck. So if you got, if you have a second, you got your phone in your hand, open up Instagram, go find Captain Dangerous. Her stuff is really cool. Um, we have Miss Mallow, who is a photographer. Um, a lot of you guys have probably seen some really awesome cosplay of uh, Mifa going around the internet. So she was the one who shot all that. So really excited to get down and talk about um, cosplay and talk about photography, talk about where that all started. Because I, I like that's a subject that's really fascinating to me. And I think, Taylor, I know that you cosplay or have cosplayed. I do indeed. So I'm so I'm I'll be looking for forward to interviewing her as well. It'll be a lot of fun to get her insights on uh, how she, how they do their cosplays and everything yeah. like that, and what what her ideas to, are. Yeah, I'm excited to rack her brain on the photography side of all that. So this is this is a guest that's probably very familiar to any um, Zelda informer, Zelda Dungeon fans. Um, one of my good friends, Darren Horror, actually the guy who hired me onto Zelda Informer back in the day. He is the ex-editor-in-chief, uh, all-around swell dude. He's uh, he's going to come on the show, say hello. We'll swap some old Zelda Informer stories. 
And we've got Rob Mayher, the lead developer of Blossom Tales, which is a awesome, awesome, not a Zelda clone, but very Zelda-inspired game that's available on the Switch right now. Um, if you haven't played it, I really recommend doing it. If you if you liked A Link to the Past, this is right up your alley. It's probably one of the greatest 2D Zelda games I've ever played. So, um, and that and many more, which are not confirmed, but should be coming down the pipe pretty soon. So, I, I think really cool guests coming on coming down the pipe, and I'm really excited to uh, to rack all these guys' brains and just uh, delve into you know who these guys are and what makes them fans of the Zelda series. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a yes. blast. <laughs> all right, so as I put out on Twitter to everybody. Since this is our first episode, and there wasn't really any Zelda news this week that I can think of, and we wanted our first episode to be fun, what we gave readers the uh, the opportunity to do is basically ask us anything that they wanted to in, uh, in what I'm now calling the Ice Breaker Mailbag. I'm considering putting in post like some sound effects or something like that, you know, to make it like icebreaker. So basically, basically in the icebreaker mailbag, uh, we we gave you know our audience a chance to ask pretty much anything. So some of them were kind of legitimate, some of them were pretty ridiculous, most of them were pretty ridiculous. So um, without further ado, I guess do you, do you guys want to jump into it? Sure, let's yeah. get right on. So the whole the whole idea is that by the end of this, you should know a little bit more about us. Absolutely maybe even more about us. us than you want to know. Be prepared. Are you ready, Savannah? Are you yes. ready, Taylor? Never. Our first question comes from Michael Dietz at MDietz2. Hey, Andy, what is your favorite Zelda game, and why is it Triforce Heroes? Well... When I think of the pinnacle of man's creativity and uh, achievement, I often think of Triforce Heroes. I I see this hero, this hero of legend, chosen by fate himself, destined to do great things, destined to fight evil again and again and again. And I say to myself, if only he could wear a dress or if only i could dress him up as a christmas tree or something this series would be perfect yeah he's okay fighting evil and being the chosen one from the gods but is he is he really over the top for me well with with the ability to customize outfits and two friends i think that that i think that that is a yes i think that that is a definite yes and that is why Triforce Heroes is not only my favorite Zelda game, but the crowning achievement of the human race thus far. Do you guys have anything to add to that? <laughs> I don't know what's funny. And now everybody knows what uh, Andy Lying sounds like. Yeah, really. Or at least bending the truth. Maybe not lying, per se. You know, I... Definitely bending the truth. Absolutely. That's... It's not a fun game, but maybe it would be fun to do a Champions Cast episode of us playing that one day. Not a the, fun game. I beg to differ, sir. 
Uh, I beg to differ. Really? Here we go. Do you remember the best Zelda ever list and how atrociously Triforce Heroes finished? There's a reason for that. And there's also a reason why it did not make last on my list. I reserved that for a very special title. (laughs) Uh, You did. Let's save that, actually. Let's save that. Um, We're going to build the mystery of what is Taylor Wells' least favorite uh, Legend of Zelda game. So if you guys can guess what it is, he'll do something on Twitter. I don't know what it is yet, but he'll he'll give you a prize. I'm sure Uh you mentioned it before, and I, I can't think of what game it is. Really? You, yeah, even you I've definitely that. mentioned it. Lots of times. Oh, Alright. Oh my god. Are, are you okay, Savannah? Yeah, no, I'm pissed because I can't think of what game it is, and I know you've mentioned it. it it's, it'll come it's back to you. Don't worry. Well, good. You get to find out along with the viewers. Or listeners, rather. But, Kevin O'Rourke. I want to know before them. <laughs> You know what they say, curiosity killed the cat, and if, we if love killing cats. If you're good, cats. we'll tell you after no, no, we get no, no, up no. here. Have you heard the second part of that, though? It's uh, Satisfaction brought it back. So. Right, so once you find out, along with everybody else, you will have the utmost satisfaction, no, and we can perform true resurrection on you. Just, oh God. Just, uh, why do we have him on the show again, Andy? Because I'm the only one who supports your claim of ownership of the Mario Kart trophies. Ah, that's right. Why do we have him on the show again, Savannah? Because you're too afraid to fire him. Oh, God. don't want to admit that you were the one that hired this weirdo. Our our viewers are are quickly learning how fast this just comes right off the rails. I'm Andy's number one regret. This is why we record at night so that Mossies can't shut us down. (laughs) <laughs> Late nights with Zelda Dungeon. Yes. All right. So our next our next question <laughs> is from Kevin O'Rourke um, at Shabazzle, and he says, "Which Zelda character would be the most worthy WWE champion?" Hands down, Papa Ganon. No, Papa Ganon from Smash Brothers. Come on, oh, that gray hair, no <laughs> Ganondorf. <way>. Come on. <laughs> Come on. The, whoa, 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 whoa. the one from Smash Come or the one on, from man. Hyrule Warriors? No, the one from Smash. He Papa Ganon, the hair. original. Yeah, the OE, it's one of his color palettes. If you swap colors with Ganon, one of them is like an old man Ganondorf with gray hair. And it's fabulous. It is the best. We call him Papa Ganon at this house. Falcon, I mean Warlock Punch. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, you can you he... imagine him cutting a promo? Like, hello? No, so he... Ganondorf is, is every big man champion. He's like he's like the Kevin Nash of champions, okay? He can, you know, he can do like five moves really well. He looks really good, but he's not he's not the guy. He's not agile enough to be the guy. Uh, Svanny, you said Urbosa. I'd take Urbosa over, over Ganon. I think Urbosa. I mean, come on. She's got freaking lightning. I mean... Come on now. I don't think lightning is legal in wrestling no, matches. That, that's a definite DQ, Savannah. <sighs> <laughs> okay, well, obviously, I don't watch wrestling, so... Yeah, you gotta speak English here, Andy. So, I mean, Urbosa does have, like, like amazing abs, though. Like, she's got, like, Oh, she's got amazing abs. everything. Oh, God, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Let, let, let's, uh... Let's, let's save our gushing about, um... Urbosa, though, for next week. Because I think that we're going to... Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, 
See, this is where I think you're both wrong, though. Because, as we all know, it it takes endurance and perseverance to be the WWE champion. And I'm going to tell you guys, He's... who is the most perseverant man, the undefeated man, actually, the undisputed man in the Legend of Zelda universe? And that... Darunia. Is the postman from Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Think fair, about it. Fair, fair one. <laughs> the guy that is, is, the guy yeah. is fit. No matter what you he's do, he's going to beat you by one second. And one in wrestling, one second is everything. He's uh, even yeah. more perseverant in Majora's Mask. You see that guy oh, still God. delivering mail when the moon is about to <laughs> obliterate everything. That guy is passionate right. about his work. He, <laughs> so, I mean, right like my, my worry would be that, you know, he, he's not a big guy, so he can't break the glass ceiling. So he's always going to be like, like the intercontinental champion, but not the world champion. But... You know, I think I think that he could do it. I think that's a that's a WrestleMania that I would watch is uh, is Postman versus versus Ganondorf. You know, this, this the is underdog. We need, we need to have a three way though. We gotta have a three way though. Urbosa, Papa Ganon, and the Mailman. Now, Urbosa, Urbosa would probably be my pick of the champions to appear in the next. But Smash she can't game. use lightning. Yeah. She can only use her thunder thighs. Yeah. So hold hold up hold up hold up. Let's get off topic here. Oh god. How likely do you guys think it is that one of the champions pops up in the next Smash? And which one do you think it is? If so, because I say Urbosa and I say it's like a fifty-fifty thing. I don't know. I think it could be Urbosa, but then I also feel like there's also possibly an idea of maybe like Rivali, simply because he can fly and I don't know. Urbosa definitely, but. Maybe I just Rivali. I feel like if Rivali was there, like he'd get rid of Falco. They're like the same guy. Oh, that's true. I mean, if they have a new Smash, the que- the question would be how many characters are they allotting to this new Smash? Because if you go from was it Brawl to to Smash Four, didn't Smash Four have something like ten more characters it, or fifteen? Oh, more than that. I think Smash so, Four had. Uh, had like pushing 50 characters didn't it something like that so if we're going with in, DLC i think that includes yeah. yeah with dlc so i think if if you think about it and you go with the the progression system kind of thing you have to imagine that the next smash game if it comes out knock on wood you know they'll have enough spaces to where they could include all the champions i mean that would be pretty cool but i, I don't want to see clones i would hope so i definitely don't want to see clones um, and then we could have the dream match, Urbosa versus Ganondorf. Frankly, my money would be on Urbosa. I agree. And unless, unless maybe Ganondorf gets his own moves finally, because I mean this this guy has been using Falcon's moves since Super Smash Bros. Melee. Which I whoa whoa hold on hold on guys I got a segue I got a segue, which is the perfect segue to our next question, which comes from Spamo Kirby, at Spamo Mano Spam. Oof. Where does Super Smash Bros. Melee fall in the official timeline? Let me just uh, pull out my Hyrule Historia here. Downfall timeline, definitely. Because that's where it all went wrong. <laughs> now, if, if we look, we can, we can see that there is a great base stage in Super Smash Bros. Melee. And that there is also a temple stage from... From the original, or no, I'm sorry, not the original, Zelda 2. 
So there's two stages in there, from Zelda 2 and from Majora's Mask. So we can we can use that as our starter points to determine where exactly Smash Bros. falls in. Well, Zelda 2 is in the downfall timeline, if I remember correctly. And obviously Great Bay is in the child timeline. So... So somewhere in between? Hmm. It's in a parallel universe. Seems we've got a bit uh, of a conundrum. Well, I mean, we're... we could always argue that it's in the same timeline as Breath of the Wild because Breath of the Wild apparently fits every timeline in various ways and not well. That's, yeah, that's true. Were there any other Zelda stages in um, Melee? In Melee? I don't think yeah, so. There was, yeah, there was. There, well, there's there was a temple. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's temple um, in Great then, Bay. I think that was it. And then it's Brawl that introduced uh, a revamped version of Temple as they got no, rid of no, Great no, no. Bay and Brawl instead replaced ported, it with. And they had Skyloft and Brawl. Yeah. Or no, no. I'm sorry. They didn't have Skyloft and Brawl. No, no, no. That's not true. They that was uh, Smash 4. Yeah, it was Smash Four. Was, did what, did they introduce the Spirit Track stage? Or sorry, not Spirit Tracks. Uh, Phantom Hourglass stage or Wind Waker ish. Stage uh, in yes. Uh, yes, was that before though, or was it Brawl? No, that okay. was Brawl because you got um, you could download that stage in Smash Four, but that was originally introduced in Brawl. There is, you know, what the stage in Brawl was? It was the uh, the bridge from Twilight Princess that the orc would right in Bridge the of Elden. And then there was uh, there was that Wind Waker stage on the ship, which was actually a really cool stage. So you could argue that the Child timeline has the most representative stages. Well, that's assuming that's assuming Taylor that melee and brawl are in the same timeline. That's not well, a given. Well, that's true. That's that not a true. given because I mean, you go from you go from Young Link in melee to Toon Link in brawl. Toon Link, yeah, it's true. So and I will never that's forget another them paradox. For that. Oh, it's, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. Oops, Toon Link is or Toon Link is specifically the adult era. So I don't know. I well, think... so is Wind Waker, Phantom Hourglass, and Spirit Tracks. So they've had they've oh, yeah. had exactly. stages from every respective timeline. I, I think that we yeah. need to do some more research on this and present a concrete hypothesis um, in a future episode. What do you guys think? I'll hire the Mongoloids yes. to do research. All right, uh, we're, we're gonna move on to the next question from Jack Burden at jbird seven seven six. Thoughts on DLC number two and DLC in Zelda as a whole topic. So this is a doozy. This is, uh, you know, this is probably like an episode's worth of debate right here. Um, I've written some some thoughts about the DLC. And uh, I know that you guys have some strong opinions of it. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys take the ball on this. And you can, you can go ahead because I think some people have read what I have to say. I I wasn't a big fan of like the first I mean the first DLC was okay. That was kinda cool. But I did really like the second one and I thought the second DLC was gonna be like, oh, it's just kinda gonna be this little short thing. And actually they did a really good job, although I had kinda hoped that it would go more into like the future of after Calamity Ganon, because the way the game ended, it spoilers <laughs> the way the game ended it looked like that's where the dlc 2 would go so i was kind of surprised that it 
didn't really go that route. I think a lot so of I people liked were. It, but I, yeah, I liked it. They did a really good job on it. Um, and it was actually a long process. I still haven't finished it, not gonna lie. But, so I liked it, but I was definitely surprised the way they decided to go about it. So. See, I... <sighs> This is a tough one for me because I fall on two sides with this one. I, for, well, for the first DLC, I'll get that one out of the way. First DLC, I I enjoy the aspect of getting more stuff like to find and 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 quest out for and things like that. Yeah. I do kind of wish that they didn't uh, hold you by the hand so much and kind of telling you where it was because part of the the love. I have for Breath of the Wild was being able to explore on my own and kind of do things, so I kind of liked happening across things. So, like, maybe giving you a hint or, or two, but, like, giving you markers and, and stuff like that, mm -hmm. yeah. and then telling you almost exactly where it is, that kind of that kind of turned it down a little bit for me. And they did the same thing in DLC 2 for the added stuff there. But and, I really did like all the... have enough slots for all your armor. That's true. The... Yeah, I heard about that one. There's yeah. a lot of people not happy about that. I mean, I can, I can kind of forgive that because at least the stuff in the DLC is mostly cool, if not just nostalgic. But uh, for the story, see, I'm divided here because I'm like, I I like that they that they did go into you know a little bit more detail about you know other events that happened and things like that. But like Andy and like Savannah, I feel they didn't. It, it lacked the same. It it had the same amount of depth in story as the main game did, and that was one of my biggest problems with Breath of the Wild. Is the story so, just? It doesn't. Uh, I, it it doesn't pass the refrigerator you. test. You know what I mean? When you talk about DLC two, um, you have to talk about it in two separate ways. You talk about it in terms of gameplay, so like the new the the new shrines, and the boss fight, and all that, and that was just like spectacular. That was awesome, and I I love the motorcycle. The motorcycle so awesome. Yeah, from a gameplay perspective, though, like all of Breath of the Wild is yeah. pretty much on point. Yeah, and, and then so like you're talking, and just to touch on DLC one for a second, the uh, the master trials or whatever it was, so. I like it. It was okay. There was a there was an audience for that. I wouldn't have bought that without, um, you know, if it wasn't for DLC two, because I'm I'm like a I'm a DLC guy where I want the story continued rather than like, like uh, like in Batman Arkham Asylum. There's DLC that you can get, and there's story DLC, and then there's like DLC for like the combo fighting stuff or whatever. And I want the story stuff. So yeah, yeah. So the second that. pack of DLC was sold as story dlc and how long did it take you guys to finish the the champions ballad roughly well not you savannah because you haven't finished it jump two I days get, i get distracted with another game so took me like, two days like in terms of I hours though like what do you them. think say what in terms of hours what do you think um 
See, this is my huge problem with DLC in general with games nowadays is that none of them are long enough. Like you, you, you ever like all of us grew up in kind of the same time period, in where like we used to have full-on expansion packs, you know, that were almost games in and by themselves, and it was worth like the thirty-dollar okay. price tag. I feel like with Breath of the Wild, I got fifteen dollars worth of of material, not. Not the thirty that I paid and, for the season pass, and it, it it's a it's a kicker because 20, yeah you or guys 20, you guys sorry. paid twenty. I'm Canadian, so I had to pay thirty, which sucks. So, See, I'm already thinking internationally. That's for you. <laughs> so my my point there is, it, it probably took me, I don't know, maybe like maybe ten hours just to finish the champions ballot. If I'm going slow, right? I visit yeah. that there is no more than maybe. 30 minutes of story in there and that's told through cutscenes and my problem is that instead of the memories that you find in the game that shows link with zelda and then link with all the champions or whatever the the story for this was basically the exact same thing except with zelda in place of link and showing flashbacks of the champions so it didn't really add to the story it added like certain wrinkles to the champions um personalities but like on the on the grand scale of things like it didn't really add a whole lot i'm still bummed that you know i feel like the champions didn't get a proper send-off that we didn't see them fall in battle that we didn't i agree with that um that i feel like should have been an important part of it you know i i love breath of the wild and uh it's it's story i think is the weakest part of the game and what i what i'll say about dlc2 is that Every single strength and every single weakness from Breath of the Wild applies to the Champion's Ballad. So, take that for what yeah. you will. Yeah, it, the the second DLC was definitely more of the same for a lot of things. So, yeah. It, you know, it's... It, for DLC in general, from the, uh, from the Zelda series, like, I like DLC. Um, you know, if it's good DLC, I have no problem buying it. But it's got to be... If it's story DLC, it's got to add some story, and that's, so that gets me a little bit worried for the Xenoblade DLC that's scheduled to come out later, but we'll touch on that later. So, next one, again, from Spamo Kirby at Spamo Spam, which is just a mouthful to say. Why does everybody say See, Majora's Mask, or Twilight Princess, is the darkest Zelda when Link's Awakening shows Link making a conscious decision to murder an entire island full of people to return to his own world. Is it just that not as many people play at LA, Link's Awakening, or is it too hard to get it? Or is it too hard to get to the end? That's a pretty loaded question. It's it's loaded, but I like just right off the bat, I I've played Link's Awakening, obviously, and I it's one of my favorite 2D Zelda games along with the Link to the Past. But However, comma. The the problem is is that Link's Awakening's darkness or overall darkness really only comes at the end where you finally figure out, oh, that's what's been going on this whole time. And I, I didn't I actually realize think this. like the game goes out of its way to be overly cheery and chipper and stuff, and it's not really dark at all, and that's what makes that moment that much more shocking. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then the flip side of that is you have Majora's Mask. And see, I'm not even going to touch on Twilight Princess because, again, I could go into a whole episode of, of my thoughts on Twilight Princess. But Majora's Mask specifically, there's the whole game is literally darkness. From start to end, you... Yeah you're experiencing the terror that everybody is experiencing and the fa- and if you think about it this way link murders an entire island skull Wait, I mean, kid you could, you could slash majora that he murders everybody when he goes when he goes back in time if you're it kind of the thought that like maybe he's going back or like leaving these people to die or like whatever yeah well that goes in the whole alternate timeline and like butterfly effect kind of thing but That's true. Like, the way Majora's Mask is presented, like, you have Link's Awakening where Link murders this entire island. Then you have Majora's Mask where Majora and, by extension, Skull Kid is murdering an entire world. So, and and not just that, it's like... Yeah. He's not, like, just murdering it, but, I mean, he's also eliciting all of that terror for, you know... And he, like... And he personally affects, like, almost everybody in the world. Like, everybody you yeah. go across, like, has some type of encounter with Majora and is screwed mm-hmm. up by by that encounter so much PTSD, that it... basically. Exactly, that it requires Link trying to do everything he can, including time walking, in order to fix it yeah. all. But Majora's Mask you know? is just, like, it's that, it's that atmosphere of dread that, you know, you know that yeah. this calamity is about to happen. Um, I think I think Link's Awakening when you when you realize when you put together that like in order to get off this island you have to wake up you you have to stop this dream which means everybody disappears I think that's one of the greatest moments in Zelda which is like, like it, it, it's such a, yeah. it, but because it's so unexpected because it's like this island paradise with all these just like charming fantastic residents and all of a sudden it's just like the only way to get out of here is to essentially end them which is just like such a great moment but it's it's only that it's a moment whereas majora's mask is like the entire game is that foreboding feeling you can it it feels like skull kid is laughing at you you know every time another hour passes or whatever um and it's been said a million times before too but like that whole moment where it's where you realize both as a player and you have to think that link also realizes it sometimes like there's no conceivable way to actually be able to save everybody or help and assist everybody out of their problems in the same three-day cycle it's i i don't know if i'd say twilight princess is a dark zelda game like it's it's literally a dark Zelda game. Like it's a very drab Zelda game. Like there's not a lot of bright colors and stuff. But like it's I, as if I the feel dark like, world is permanent. Uh, I feel like it tries a little bit too hard to be like yeah. that dark kind of Zelda game with like with like the moments where with like the three dark links and uh, and stuff. So. Oh, the the outsiders or the. the I, I, I don't know if I would say Twilight Princess is like a dark Zelda game necessarily. It has elements of it, but it tries too hard to kind of live up to Majora's Masks. Atmosphere. I think I think it just tried so hard to do a complete 180 from the Wind Waker that it ended up as is a little bit drab, in my opinion. I mean, I love Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess was actually a really good game for me personally. Anyways, I thought so. I agree. Um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 but I agree. It, and it had that dark atmosphere, especially at least in the beginning. It really did, and then especially with like. Colin's death. I mean, it definitely 
Spoilers. Had... In case you still haven't beaten it <laughs> since 2007. <laughs> right? 2006. In which case, it's your own fault. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, he... That was definitely kind of dark. But once you kind of got closer to the ending of the game, and it kind of failed at the, that dark feeling to it, I think. All right. At this the end, from... it was kind of like that. Just one big Ganondorf going like, hey, troll face. I just, <laughs> I just screwed all of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he dies like a punk. This Although, is from the fight Dream was epic. Rath, at Dreamrath. How do you spell your? Taylor, you're the writer. Take us away here. So you can spell it a couple of different ways. And the primary usages are your, which is Y-O-U-R, and where you're showing possession of something, it's yours. Uh, and then there's the other version, which is U-R, which is, or U-R, which is Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. Are there any other uh, spellings that we know of? Uh, yeah, off the I, top I of my head, no, but because it's English, I'm pretty sure there are. <laughs> I think that there is a, uh, is a, is a Y-O-R-E, isn't there? Is, is that a thing? Your is, your. but that's a different word entirely. Well, I know, but I mean. But yes, yes, that that you're like, totally like right, though. But yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, exactly. So like the so, days of past and stuff uh, like there that. There are there are many there are many ways to spell your. It's a very versatile word. Um, the next question yeah. is from Joshua thirty two. Um, Andy, what Zelda enemy boss would you like to see return in the next Zelda game? Ooh, um. Like, are we talking like like boss? Or are we talking like big big bad guy boss? Because if we're talking like big bad guy boss, I want to see a 3D version of Vaddy. Because I thought that he was just like super cool, and I'd love to fight him on like the big screen. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Next question is from oh okay this is this is a doozy. So I hope that you guys are ready. From Kevin O'Rourke at Shabazzle. Top five woods in Zelda. Now, we, like we were, we were trying to get a little bit prepared for this because it, it was such a doozy. Um, so I think we're gonna say like the lost woods are different from game to game. Can we all can we agree to that? Yeah, definitely. Yes, definitely. All right. So I'm I'm gonna throw out there, of course, the lost woods from Ocarina of Time. I think that that is like that is Zelda Woods to me. You know, when I think of the woods in Zelda, I think of uh, of the Lost Woods in Ocarina of Time and doing that maze. Yep, same here. All right, so I, I so that's definitely on the Champions Cast top five. What about Faron Woods from Skyward Sword? I liked Faron. I I really like Faron. I like that tune. It's a good tune. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I liked it a lot better than the freaking time areas and stuff. Like, uh, I was not a fan of Linnaeus areas. Oh, that, I disagree with you there. I, I love Skyward I mean, Sword, as these listeners are going to find out. I, I, hey, I totally agree with you that Skyward Sword is awesome, and I enjoyed the hell out of it when I played it, but the the Linnaeus area, like, from a gameplay perspective, was, was a real pain for me. But I really enjoyed the story aspects of it. Um, what about, uh, okay, so we've got Faron, we've got Lost Woods, Ocarina of Time. What about the Dark Woods from Breath of the Wild? I thought those were really cool. Oh, 
I love the dark woods. I thought that was a really cool concept they came up with. Yeah, of course, I didn't, I didn't even have any fire woods. weapons when I went, which sucked. Um, yeah. Alright, so that's three. Jeez, what... Uh, I, I can think of other woods, but are there any other woods that stand out to me? You know, it, it maybe maybe the Lost Woods from Link to the Past. Those are pretty cool. It was cool seeing all the mist and all the, you know, little 2D birds flying around. Like, does Kokiri Forest count as, like, a woods? Because I, I would argue that, yeah, I'd argue that Kokiri Forest in Ocarina of Time was, was awesome as well. I feel like I feel like that's a forest, you know, it's it's not wood, you know? I think Kokiri Woods, it's well, Kokiri Forest. I mean, it's full of wood. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> does the Forest Temple count? No, because that's a... I, oh, my God. You've confused me with your woods and your forests. Forest no. Or because... No, Taylor, Taylor led me astray. We can't count that either. Um, <laughs> of course, geez. it's always my fault. Of course it is. That's why you, we keep you on here. Yeah, I know, right? Pretty much the punching bag for this show. <laughs> um, okay, so we got we got Fair three enough. woods. We need to we need to put our heads together here, people, and, and think of two more. Um, I I don't like Maybe any of the woods from wood. Twilight Princess. Like I don't know about you guys, but those woods yeah. were just okay. Uh, what about? What about the ones in uh, Majora's Mask? I mean, which ones were those? I don't remember. Woodfall? Um, yeah, Woodfall. Yeah. Does that count as woods? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Because it doesn't have woods in the title. Well, mean, it has wood. I mean, wood. it could. It's, it's, I, it's I mean, I'd argue. Wood. I... I <laughs> Uh, oh, you God. know what? Let's, Fine. Let, we're counting that. Let's get one more and then let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to oh, the first no. and only episode of the Champions Cast. Oh, what was what was what were those woods in um in in or in the Oracle games? I I, I, I kind of enjoyed those. I I don't feel I'm trying I don't to remember. Feel like those are. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll go with those. I don't really remember them, so I, I feel like they're not super note, noteworthy. But I, yeah, I'm trying to remember the name off the top of my head. Forgive me, guys. There's 18 main titles, all the or 17 main titles Zelda games that I have to keep in my head all the time. <laughs> right? Oh man. Oh, let's see. Um. Yeah, we could we could say the Oracle Woods. I think that's fine. Alright, are we ready to move on? This is from yes. uh, our very own Gooey Malibu at Gooey Fame. Uh, who is your favorite Zelda... Uh, I'm sorry. Who is your favorite Zelda YouTube personality? You know what? I just realized reading that question, he's asking who's our favorite Zelda dungeon YouTube personality. Um, well, I mean, that, that would be Gooey himself. That's So that's a boring question. So let's just say, like, who's your favorite Zelda YouTube personality? <laughs> I don't watch a lot of Zelda YouTube, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I I don't either, but there are two that kind of come to mind. So the first I would say is Zeltic, uh, Z E L T I K. He's a he's a Zelda YouTuber, but he also does other like Nintendo stuff too. Right. But he's kind of like um he's kind of like a lore guy, so he goes in depth kind of into a whole bunch of different aspects of Zelda, and he's pretty informative and uh. I, li I like listening to him. Um, and then the other one I would say is, uh, I don't know if this counts because he's more like a, a modder for 
for Skyrim. Uh, but he came out with the Relics of Hyrule mod for Zelda, which basically incorporates all of like Zelda items and things like that in a very lore-friendly way into Skyrim's world. It's really neat. Uh, and his name is Jay Kalanad, J-K-A-L-E-N-A-D. Uh, so he's a cool guy. He's got a YouTube channel where he kind of explores his own mod as well as some stuff in Zelda, Smash, all that kind of stuff. So That's cool. That's cool. Um, I, You know what? Even before I read the question and it said, who's your favorite Zelda dungeon YouTube personality, I probably would have said Gooey, to be honest with you. Um. Yeah. He, yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm friends with Gooey, and we we talk. We disagree about almost everything. We disagreed about Star Wars: Last Jedi. We disagreed about the Champions Ballad. We disagree about the WWE Hall of Fame. Pretty much like everything. But uh, he's he's a great guy to talk to, and you can always like you can always at least have a good debate with him. And so I think he brings that same mentality to like Zelda Challenge and Hyrule Compendium. Um. So Gooey Fame, that's that's my boy. Also, like a shout out Remember. to Daniel Ferguson, who does uh, who does editing on the Game Over Jesse podcast, because he's a fellow Canadian of mine. Nice. Remember, guys, just because you disagree does not mean you guys can't get along. There we go. <laughs> All right. Words you... of wisdom from the Zelda Dungeon late night. You, Savannah, do you, do you watch any uh, Zelda YouTube, or should we move on? It's been a long time since I have, but I honestly, I think probably Gooey, for sure. Um, alright. There's a couple others, but I just can't think of their name right off the bat. It's been a while since I've seen anything. This next one is from Tackle? Tackleys? Tackleys? I, I don't know. Um, explain why Zelda 2 is a masterpiece. I can't do that, because I've already explained why Triforce Heroes is the pinnacle of man's creation, so... <laughs> He can't even come up with a reasonable Anything uh, else at this falsehood. point would be a lie. <laughs> oh, good lord. What do you think, Sav? Oh, I don't know. Have you, you beaten you, Zelda 2? Uh, oh, yeah, but it's been I have. So it's been a long time. Really, it's been a long time. I almost don't remember it. But I can say it's my husband's favorite, so, I mean, does that count? <laughs> Really? Something? That's not that's not a game you hear as being a favorite like that often. Uh, yeah, he... it's got it's got like a hardcore audience out there though. Like I find like a, a very vocal hardcore audience. Like not a lot, but yeah. I feel like if does. I feel like if the CDI games can be on somebody's favorites list, Zelda Two definitely can make someone's list. Uh, that's fair enough. All right, last question of the icebreaker mailbag here. Uh, from Curtis Hagen, which is actually kind of a cool question, which I kind of ripped off and made into a daily debate. Um, with Nintendo getting into movies, I've heard ideas of a Nintendo cinematic universe, like Marvel or DC. Is it a good idea, and in particular, would Zelda movies benefit from this shared universe or be better as standalones? Standalone. Easy. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not like the biggest fan of shared universes. I think that only Marvel has ever been able to do it well um because it, yeah. it really it really hampers down the dc movies um the amazing spider-man movies didn't give didn't give it like room to breathe i wouldn't necessarily say like the x-men is a shared universe because there's, there's only like deadpool um that's not like an x-men movie in there 
<laughs> yeah, Deadpool. you you can't you can't really lump uh, X Men, De- uh, Deadpool, or Spider Man and or old Spider Man into that because they were separate from. Well, no, so so, so I'm talking about like the the Amazing Spider Man, like that had that was planned to be a cinematic universe with like Sinister Six and Venom and stuff like that, and that just like fell apart under fell the weight apart. of trying to set yeah. all that up. And I think it's definitely hampered the DC movies. And like, didn't they do? Um, didn't they do like like the monster universe or something like Kong Island and and like Godzilla or whatever like all those monster movies or whatever like that's a movie universe. They tried, and I think and they I think still say that it's a thing. But or like that Tom know. Cruise movie, The Mummy, like that's supposed to be in a shared universe too, like the uh, monsters or something like that. That one is in a shared. It's in the new shared universe. It's it's the new monsters universe basically. It's the first movie. Yeah, it's supposed to be the first movie in that series, so we'll see what happens oh, with that. Interesting. So I I feel like my thoughts on shared universes is just like enough. Like just tell tell a good story, you know. Um, if with Nintendo, and so from the time that this was tweeted, Nintendo confirmed that they are in fact making a Super Mario movie with the developers of uh, what is it, Despicable Me or the Minions? So they are going Something ahead like and, to do that, and I think that you could do a cool Zelda movie, but I mean, like, unless you're doing like a like an animated like Super Smash Bros. movie, which which could be actually kind of fun, but I I don't know I I don't think it would jive that well together because like like picture Metroid right and that's like that screams out for a live action like space movie right and then picture Fire Emblem which is like an anime basically already is an anime right. And then you're going to have Mario in the vein of the minions. And like, so putting all that together is just, it would be, it would be tricky. I think unless you just made an animated, silly Super Smash Bros. movie, which I would be up for, but. I definitely think, I I definitely think shared universes can work, but again, like all the properties of that universe kind of have to mesh well. So that's why it works. It works for Marvel because, hey, they're all superheroes, so they can all do crazy stuff. And you can imagine, you know, one being in in the realm of another. But as you're pointing out, like with with Nintendo, it can be a little awkward at times because clearly these series are not really meant to mix per se. Um, so I would say, yeah, no on the shared universe. Um, I wouldn't mind Zelda movies, but they'd have to be done really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people, probably myself included, would judge it way too harshly, to be honest. Like, like if they actually cast, like, a kid or a teenager to actually play Link, I would be probably a lot more forgiving for the overall movie. But the fact that they cast, like, these 30-year-olds who don't even look like they're even 20 a lot of the times in those roles, I'm just like, that immediately takes me out of of the theme and the and the and the universe of, of what Zelda is. So it's like hi, hire people the appropriate ages because you can do that with Zelda. First of all, it's a Nintendo franchise, so it's not like you're looking at super, super oh murder everywhere mayhem. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, you're exposing child actors to problems or things like that. If but, they could score like, like a Tom Holland like esque young actor, that would be good. Yeah, I mean, um, t- actually, like they... flipping, flipping back just for a second here too, I, I wouldn't want it to be a uh, in a cinematic universe for another reason too, because Marvel is is almost like a victim of its own success, and Black Panther is supposed to be incredibly awesome, but like I feel like the last 
like the last string of Marvel movies have just been like homogenized where they're almost like, it's almost like watching the same thing over and over. And they're all pretty good. I don't know if I'd say any of them are like truly great. Maybe since Captain America Winter Soldiers, like if you do it long enough and you're successful long enough too, you end up just kind of like getting that, um, like resting on your laurels basically. And, and you, I mean, you could kind of argue that about the Zelda franchise as a whole. Like, you could say Zelda 1 was not super, super special, but, you know, they did well enough to eventually get to A Link to the Past and Link's Awakening and, and Ocarina of Time. Uh, you, you could. I wouldn't make that argument because I think that Zelda keeps improving upon itself. I um, wouldn't either, but you could, but you could yeah. <laughs> make the argument. Yeah, uh, you could. Um, I, I think for me, though, that's it's definitely like a no for a shared universe. I would like to see a Super Smash Brothers movie. I think that would be cool if it was just done in like like a silly kind of tone and whatever. But uh, absolutely, you know, I'm fighting down. or, fighting or like better Master yet, a Smash Hammer. anime. I yeah, would I, love I a Smash I anime. Have movie. To be, I think it would have to be like a cartoon or something like that. Like, like if you did it kind of like I, I don't know cartoons or whatever. You, you're from. You, you're familiar, well, I know, I don't know if Sav is, but uh, Andy is familiar with Final Fantasy. I'm sure a lot of you listeners are familiar with Final Fantasy. But, like, Final Fantasy Advent Children, you know, that was that was a pretty, pretty darn that good was, movie. And, that was really well done. And if they did, like, a Smash movie, kind of like that, you know that what I mean? Or a Smash series. Too serious for, for Smash. Well, no, I, 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 I don't necessarily mean, like, like, do it exactly in that style. style well, if it, if it was, like, that quality of animation, then yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like, that that kind of, like, movie. just, the, the like, the filming aspect, the cinematography, the, the animation, that kind of stuff, but have, like, a, a lighter, yeah, a lighter flavor to it with, you know, Smash-esque or Nintendo-esque. Yeah, totally. I, yeah, I'd be down for that. I'd be cool for that. Um, so that brings us to the end of the uh, the icebreaker mailbag. So we hope that we've given you a glimpse into the minds of of the madness behind the champions cast here, um, and just uh, g- giving you guys a chance to kind of like get to know us a little bit. And uh, we hope that you stick with us on this on this new show. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So with that being said, anything you guys want to say for our for our first episode down? One down, many more to go, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully we don't get pulled off the area. Right? Oh God, In- instantly cancelled. Shortest Zelda podcast ever. As, no, as long as we kidding. keep Mossies away from the show, I think we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say uh, thank you all for listening, and I really hope you y'all enjoy what we're trying to bring to the table, and come back for more, because we got a lot of fun stuff for you guys. Absolutely. Uh, next yeah. week is Music Week at Zelda Dungeons, so we're going to be having a ton of uh, really big music features. So we got the best uh, Zelda music ever list coming out, which is a compilation of all the staffs picked for their favorite tunes in Zelda over the last uh, almost 35 years. Uh, we have uh, music editorials coming out. We have a debut of a new uh, series called Lyrics of Legend. We have we have lots of good stuff going on, so we're going to have a music-themed podcast for you then. So we're going to be talking about Zelda music and maybe playing a few tunes uh, while we're doing so. So we hope that you come back for that. And then next week after that will be a conversation with uh, Urbosa herself, Elizabeth Maxwell. So we hope that you guys will stick around and listen to the Champions cast and keep up with our shenanigans. We are the champions. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> of Zelda World. There we go. That can be your ending outro. Uh, no, that's my promo on Andy. Yeah. We we better we better call it right now, guys. <laughs> and cut. Alright. Thank you everybody for listening. We will see you next week. And uh, again, uh, we hope that you stick with the Champions cast because we're gonna have a lot of fun and we are just getting started. Take care.